1: Hey, it's Mark Goodman here, and I'm Alan Light, and on this live episode of Sound Up, we discuss whether AI should be used to create and perform music. Plus, we've got news on the Jane's Addiction reunion. Ticketmaster gets hacked, the Black Keys adjusting their tour, and comments and conversations with you. It's Sound Up with Mark Goodman and Alan Light, the only music podcast that matters. Your source for everything happening in the world of music. Get it on Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the show that gives you straight talk and honest answers about everything automotive. Car Pro USA with Jerry Reynolds, the car pro. Jerry's 35 years in the auto industry, running his own dealerships and serving two terms as chairman of the Ford National Dealer Council, speak for themselves. Radio Hall of Famer Kevin McCarthy, his trusty sidekick, helps out with keeping the show moving and heating up popcorn in the microwave during commercial breaks. Here they are now on CarPro USA. Break
2: the whole thing down. And welcome to CarPro USA. I'm Jerry Reynolds of CarPro. I'm here to help you. All you got to do is call 800-926- 7777. 800-926- 7777. And I'll give you the years of experience that I've gained in the auto industry and tell you what I think you ought to do. And maybe you've down to two or three cars, you know, that you're not sure which one's going to be right for you. And if I can get just a little bit of information, so many people ask about SUVs today, and there's so many of them on the market that it is just, it's mind-numbing. It really is. But what I need to know, if you want to call me about an SUV, is, you know, do you need a third-row seat first and foremost? What size SUV small, medium, large budget. There's just so many choices out there. It's hard to narrow down. So sometimes I have to ask you more questions than you have to ask me, and that's okay. I don't mind that at all. So let's talk about it. Here's my trusty sidekick,
3: Kevin McCarthy. You know, Jerry, in this week's newsletter, the story about the ways that The virus has already changed the nature of the automotive industry, particularly when it comes to the consumers. One of the five different things that you mentioned, I wouldn't have guessed, and I wanted to point it out, the number of people who were not considered likely to buy a car, a new wave of first-time car buyers, a segment emerged, People who didn't previously own a car, but had been relying upon mass transit, ride sharing, things like that. Oh, yeah. Um, About 20% of people who said, well, before this, you know, I don't have a trade-in because I've always used mass transit. I've always ridden the bus, the train, used ride sharing. And now they're going, you know, like that study you had from Volvo saying, you know, your car is one of the safest places you can be during the pandemic. And these, uh, especially young people, millennials, are going, eh,
2: Huh. No, yeah, it's true. And and Uber's been, and Lyft have both been hurt by the pandemic because people are leery of getting into a strange car with a strange driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, likewise, <clears throat> the drivers have been leery. Of who knows getting of, us into of, the car? Of, yeah, of the passengers. So it, it has changed things. and. Hopefully, if we can get this vaccine rolled out uh, quicker and quicker, we can eliminate this and get, you know, get past it. Uh, but we'll, we'll see.
3: It's, it's going to be a long, it's going to be a while. I love the line about online purchasing, uh, where they, you said that uh, the driveway had become the dealership showroom.
2: Yeah. And people, that, that
3: really puts it in perspective.
2: People who bought online for the first time, did the whole deal online, took delivery at their home or office, took the test drive at their home or office. Um, those people are likely to want to do that again. Sure. In the future. <laughs> and luckily, one of the byproducts of COVID has been that the car dealers have had to adapt. And, you know, car dealers, and I was one for many, many years, some of the most resilient business people in the world i mean they, they can change on a dime and and they did a good job by and large uh, i know all of our dealers at our website certainly did a good job you know getting real good at answering people's questions because for years when someone inquired at a car dealership the only thing they wanted to do was set an appointment mm-hmm. they just want to get you in the door because they know their best chance of closing a deal is setting face to face with you. Well, guess what? Face it, it, nice. to face, COVID hindered the face to face. So they had to get really good at and, and get over their fear of giving prices and, and breakdowns. Or phone. Yeah. Or, emails. Or, or worse, uh, in writing online. Because in the old days, if you give somebody a price on the phone you knew as a car dealer that all they were going to do is take that, take your price to a different dealer and tell them to beat it. Yeah, It happened every
3: time. And they, the different dealer would beat it by $300, 500 and
2: Or they, 3 or $5.
3: Right. In some Anything. cases. Yes. But I remember the days when we used to laugh when you called the... Uh, people would say, well, I talked to the internet salesman, internet sales <laughs> director, and he said that's a salesman who can type.
2: That's right. right. <laughs> it's changed now. Let's talk to Bruce in Ohio. Bruce, welcome. What can oh, I do for you?
4: Hi. Hi Jerry, great to talk to you. Thank you, buddy. I've got a I've got a 2010 uh Tacoma TRD. Yeah. Uh the f- the 4.0 with a 5-speed automatic and a, and uh, and I love it. It's got yank, it's got scoot. And I'm looking at uh the 2021s because I want that safety. Uh, warning devices. I think that's great stuff. And I'm a geezer. I can't spin my head like a white owl anymore. I um, hear you, brother. So, <laughs> so um, I I know that the, the Tacomas have a 3.5, which is a smaller engine, and it's got a six-speed transmission, and they had problems with both of those uh, items, I believe, when they first came out. So, I want to know your opinion of, will I be disappointed in the performance of a 2021 TRD?
2: I don't think so, honestly. And and you should drive it because your question is sort of subjective in that, you know, I may think so and you may not. But I can tell you that people who buy the 3.5 six-cylinder, it's a it's an Atkinson engine. It's... It, There may have been some problems initially with it, but, boy, right now, I I sure haven't heard anything lately. 280 horses or so, if I remember correctly, um, with that engine, and, you know, that's plenty for a Tacoma. That's plenty for that truck and even even for a guy like me with a heavy foot i would not be afraid of it I, you know how good the trucks are you've you've driven them you've driven one for oh. over a decade and and i've seen them go a million miles literally without uh, you know tearing into an engine or transmission you just got to do your maintenance so i wouldn't i i can tell you this and i mean this with all my heart i would have no reservations whatsoever going with the 3.5
4: uh, one more thing about that six-speed, Jerry. Uh, I haven't been able to talk to you believe it, but, but the ones I've talked to said the transmission kind of hunts gears. Do you have anything to say about that? No,
2: I haven't heard that, uh, and I've driven okay. the truck. Uh, okay. It, it, what you need to do is you need to go see Jess Joseph at Don Joseph Toyota. Jess is awesome. She's she'll take great care of you. Let you take one out for a drive and see what you think. Forget forget listening to people, and that includes me. Make <laughs> make your own mind up.
1: No. Uh, you're
4: you're you're
1: don't believe all the ads you see. Call Car Pro USA and find out which vehicle is right for how you drive. one 800 926 7777
3: here at Carpro USA we try to answer your questions even if you don't know that you had the question I'm referring to an article that you had in the newsletter that we've had on the FAQ page for a long time that people I hear people asking each other all the time when when they do gather yes in the old days just, anybody know a good place I can find a good mechanic to take care of my XYZ vehicle yep all Anybody know a good mechanic that can check out this used car before I buy it? Well, there's an article that you have on the FAQ page and in the newsletter, how to find a good auto service repair shop.
2: Yeah, I was spurred by a caller last week, wanting to know how to how do I how do I know? Because he had an older car and he was taken to a dealership, and I go, gosh, you could cut your cost in half going to an independent. Well, how do I know if if it's a good one? Okay, here.
3: I'll tell you. Here's some criteria. Yep,
2: and it works. It works. There's things you need to look for. Things you need to do. Let's go to Ron in Carson, California. Hello, Ron. Uh, how you doing, Jerry? Good, buddy. What can I do for you?
0: Um, I, I, I'm looking to buy a car in April. I'd like to know about the Ford blaze four Blaze Oh uh, no, it's a Blazer, Chevy Blazer uh, uh, Premier and uh Ford XLT. XLT uh, SUV.
2: Yeah, I, I like both. Uh, which
0: one- which one? I, like, I like
2: both of them but I like the looks of the sporty the sporty Chevy Blazer the and, Premier and it drives
0: it drives sportier too um I know I, I love it
2: I've got a I've got a review and video up at CarPro USA on the Blazer um I think I had the RS uh if I remember correctly and I'm not looking at it right this second but you know I likened it to an SUV that was very symbolic and very reminiscent to me of Camaro. I th- I thought it felt mm-hmm. like a Camaro, handled like a Camaro. Now, if you if if budget is a consideration, the the Edge is going to be a much better value, and that is strictly. Well,
0: yeah, I'm talking about the, the XLT, the XLT Ford uh, Ford Explorer, and uh, the oh uh, oh 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 the
2: oh the Explorer. I thought you were talking Edge.
0: No, no, Edge XLT. Okay. Four to four.
2: Really if you're going to compare the Explorer, you need to compare it to the Traverse, which I'm driving this week. Um because you got two-third row seat vehicles there and the Blazer is right. not three rows. So, if you don't need three rows of seating, then I'd go with no. the Blazer. But I will tell you one thing. The Explorer drives like a dream. It they changed like the better
0: about the Blazer?
2: I I think so. I mean, when they went when they went back to rear wheel drive with the Explorer last year, it was a game changer, and it man, it really drives and handles good. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's just going to be a preference thing with you. Which one you like the best, and do you need that third row seat? If you don't need the third, uh, not really. If you don't no. need the third row seat, I'd I'd compare the Edge to the Blazer and see which one you like better then. They're completely different vehicles. Um, personally, I like the drive of the Blazer better than the Edge, but I like the drive oh, no, of the. I understand. I'm I'm trying to show you an apples <laughs> to apples comparison.
0: Oh, I see. I see okay. So if okay. You,
2: if we're gonna if we're gonna go Chevy with three rows, Traverse and Explore, Blazer and Edge, but I I I like the way. The, the Blazer drives better than the Edge, but I like the way the Explorer drives better than the Blazer. Does wow, that makes sense? A, that's a tough yeah. That yeah, makes sense. Here's the good yeah. news. You can't go wrong with Explorer or Blazer. It's just going to come okay. down to which you like. I would take a good long test drive in both of them. I would look at the numbers and see which one. The Blazer hasn't had much in the way of incentives. It just hasn't needed them. It's been a good seller for them. Explorer, on the other hand, has had a lot of good incentives on it and still does to this day, especially the 2020s. And there are still some out there. And also have really good Chevy and Ford dealers in Southern California. Spend some time with them. This is a big decision. Drive both on the same day. That way... It's fresh in your mind, and you can make a good intelligent decision from there. And that goes for that goes for you if you're thinking of if you're down to two vehicles, and you're not sure which. Drive them both to make make a good decision. There is nothing worse than buyer's remorse when you get a car home the next day and you go, "Wow, this really isn't what I thought it was going to be," because you're an owner. There is no three days that you have to take your car back. Once you drive it over the gate, it's yours. Now, some dealers will let you bring them back, and most of ours would, but but if you're not going to use our dealers, just know all sales are final.
1: Buying or leasing your next vehicle is a hard choice. Don't go it alone. Call the CarPro, Jerry Reynolds, at car Pro USA. 1-800-926-7777.
2: Bob in Wharton, Texas. Welcome, Bob. How can I help you?
5: Uh, I currently drive a Ford half-ton Ford. Um, it's a 2019 with a diesel motor in it. Yeah. And I want to, and I'm want to. I've got close to 100,000 miles on it, and I'm looking at buying another Ford or a GMC has a half-ton diesel engine. Um, I was just wondering what your opinion was of the GMC uh, diesel engine.
2: It's been good. 3.0. So so is the Ram. I mean, the Ram EcoDiesel has been really good, too. Um, the, the GMC, and I didn't test the GMC. I did have the Silverado, uh, but same truck, same engine. And I, it, of the three half-ton diesels that are out there, it was the most fuel efficient. Uh, the Ford had the most towing capacity and the ram was somewhere in between those two. So it kind of comes down to you know which you which you need. If you're if you're looking for towing capacity, I'd go with the Ford. If you're looking for fuel economy, I'd go with the Chevy. or the GMC.
5: Okay, well I I'm buying a four-wheel drive and I farm and ranch and so I've got a bigger trucks to pull, but it uh I've been pleased with my Ford diesel engine uh just my local dealer and stuff just doesn't stock the engine and uh i don't know much gmc has one so i was just considering not that much difference in the price
2: no there's not and and the resale value on the gmc will be better also but with the chevrolet i got 32 miles to the gallon on the highway not trying i mean just driving normal if if you were and i got a heavy foot if if i'd been trying i believe that truck would have got 33 and 34 out on the highway the ford's not going to do that uh, but if you're not towing then i think i'd go with the gmc uh, for resale value and and uh, the interior is a little bit nicer than it is on a chevrolet uh, and you can get that tailgate that gmc tailgate which is fantastic trust me on that Go with the GMC. You can't go wrong. I promise you. And I do appreciate the phone call, Bob. Let me know if I can help you. CarProUSA.com. That's our website. And that's where you'll be able to sign up for the newsletter. And we'll get it to you
1: today. So you want a hybrid, but maybe a diesel would suit your driving better. Call Jerry Reynolds at CarProUSA and let him help you. 1-800-926-7777.
2: This hour of CarPro USA is sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average.
3: Progressive.com So the Ford Mustang Mach-E, that was the most popular, your review of it, that was the most popular item in the newsletter this week and is obviously getting a lot of attention from just about everybody in the automotive business and everybody that's interested in electric cars. Um, it's what well, the first year's production is already sold out, yeah. Pretty spoken much spoken for. Pretty much, do you think it's going to be a fad or is this going to end up being a really important vehicle for Ford Motor Company?
2: Well, it's going to be important for them because they've, like all manufacturers, have got a lot of plans for electrics in the future, and this, this will set the stage. Do you think it's going to be successful? I do, yeah, I do. I think, uh, especially when somebody drives it it's just such a good driving SUV uh personally i like the looks i know a lot of people are incensed over the name it's not a mustang i get it but judge the car not the name it it's it's just a great SUV and depending on the amount of your commute you know this one didn't have the extended range battery so only got 230 miles of range out of it and that's under perfect conditions Uh, the, the two things I would do is I would get the extended range battery and I would get the charger that Ford sells for $799. That'll give you 30 miles of range for every hour that you charge it. So overnight, typical eight hour night, you're almost going to be at a full charge.
3: Yeah. And if you get home early, you know, seven o'clock at night. Don't yeah, leave just, until seven o'clock in the morning. It's not going to be an issue. No,
2: no. You are just getting in the habit. You know. You just the 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 kicker is people who don't have garages. You you can't. That's a problem. You can't hang those chargers everywhere. But Ford has put together a network of charging stations all over that you can use. Uh, just you know, and, and and chargers are getting more common in grocery stores, in malls. You know, anywhere you go to park, check around. And the best part is the navigation system will take you to the nearest charger. All you got to do is hit one button, and it'll tell you where the next nearest charger
3: is. I see a bunch of those chargers at a restaurant in my neighborhood. It's maybe about eight different charging stations. It's a pretty big restaurant. Yeah. Um, Are those free to the customers, to the restaurant? Yeah, absolutely. It's just a convenience.
2: Just a convenience. It's so that you'll go see them if you've got an electric car versus somewhere else. Even if you don't need a charge, why not plug in? Why not? I would. It's free. Let's talk to Bill in Phoenix, Arizona. Hello, Bill. What can I do for you?
5: Hey, gentlemen. I love the show. Thank you, buddy. Hey, I, I ordered a uh, TA Corvette out of state in March of last year. Finally got the car delivered on the 29th of December of this year. Had, or yeah, yeah, last year, yes.
2: 2020.
5: And then had the wire transfer, paid cash for the car. Two weeks later, I get a a MSO title in the mail stating that uh, they're not going to take care of the uh, uh, TT&L, which I'd already paid for, and they sent me a check. Okay. Back for for that amount. I, with COVID and everything, I've contacted the uh DMV and um went ahead and they give me my registration. We paid for the registration, but we said we need to pay you the tax. Right. And they con- they consequently said, um, well send us a a copy of the uh, first contract, which or which we did, and then we got transferred to another line, and they said, "No, no, 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 you've already paid that." And I says, "No, I haven't." Well, it shows right here you have. And I says, "I understand." Well, here's a copy of the check. Here's a copy of the MSO title, and uh, she says, "Well, you, you know, as far as we're concerned, you need." Arizona Department of Revenue. Hell, I ain't having any luck with any of them. So, and my other issue is I've got bone cancer, and I sent you an email about this car a while back that I'm probably going to have to sell it in the near future because it's in my back, and I'm having a hell of a time getting in and out of it. So, what is your recommendations on how to pay my sales tax?
2: Well, I would, I mean, it's possible that the dealership paid the sales tax. There's software out there that dealers use today that tell them where to send it in all 50 states. Uh, so it's possible that they accidentally paid it, and but then said to you, we can't handle this for whatever reason. Uh, and I don't know why they couldn't. But Well, and
5: here was the issue, Jerry. That I got a letter from the, uh, you know, the gal at the dealership, and they said, Being you paid cash for the car, we don't do that. That's up to you, the individual, in the state you're in. But she says if you would have financed the automobile, then we would have, because of a third party involved, we would have taken care of it.
2: Yeah, and I believe that. I, I, I do. Yeah, okay. I, because so, th- they would have. It, they would have to record a lien if they, if you financed instead of paid cash, which means exactly. that, that it had to go through there, whatever state you bought it in. Where did you? What state did you buy this car in? In
5: Nebraska.
2: In Nebraska. Okay, uh, I I think you're going to have to probably get on the phone with the DMV, ask for a supervisor or someone who's in charge. And, and have them look at this thing. And I know it's not easy with COVID. All the DMVs are busier today than than they ever were before. You can't go talk to somebody face-to-face. Everybody's working from home. It's just, it's just kind of a mess. Uh, this should be simpler than what you're describing to me. This should be pretty simple to get straightened out. Uh, you're just going to have to get with somebody. And look, if they if they're convinced they got the money for the sales tax, all you need to know now is where do I get where do I how do I get my license plates? And let them tell you. And but be prepared. They may come back to you at some point in the future and say, "We made a mistake. We thought we had the sales tax, but we didn't." What what they're seeing on your contract is not the reality. They're seeing that you paid the sales tax cuz that's what your contract said. They they may not understand yet. You got to check back for it and they didn't get the money. But just roll with it. Let them, you know, if 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 they're convinced they got the money then great. How do I get my license plates? That's all I really want to know. <laughs> and then but put that money aside because they may well come back to you at some point in the future and say, "Hey, you know what? We were wrong. We didn't get our money, and we want it now. They almost always do that. There you <laughs> go. I wish, uh, Bill, I wish I could be of more help. I'm just not that familiar with Arizona DMVs and Arizona laws and that sort of thing. But uh, I do hope that your cancer gets better. I will keep you in my prayers and uh, and, and wish for your good health. Thank you for calling us here at the CarPro USA radio show.
1: The place for straight talk and honest answers about everything automotive is CarPro USA. Call now with your question.
3: 1-800-926-7777. This is CarPro USA, Kevin McCarthy, Jerry Reynolds. Don't forget, we're here every weekend, same time, same station and Our website, which has lots of information that Jerry has written over the years, is there for you 24-7. Of course, at carprousa.com. The list that you had in the newsletter of the fourth quarter large SUV sales leaders in the non-luxury segment, there aren't that many of them. No. What was surprising to me was that compared to, this is year over year, the the numbers
2: yeah fourth quarter 2019 versus fourth quarter 2020 keeping in mind the covid and the
3: inventory shortages okay so we expect it to be down we hope it's not down too much but in the fourth quarter of 2020 the tahoe was up 36 percent from 19 the expedition was up seven percent the yukon up 18 percent and the suburban up 32 percent year over year what's surprising well with all the different problems that the auto industry had who would think that large non-luxury SUVs would do three times but 30% better than they did a year ago
2: Tahoe Yukon Suburban completely new vehicles yeah so they were selling as fast as they come off the
3: trucks new is is that hot I yeah. mean if it's new new and improved if- people like them yeah
2: and they do They're, they were selling like crazy uh, every dealer told me the same thing i wish i'd had twice as many i could have sold twice as many
3: except for the nissan dealers
2: uh, yeah yeah they 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 didn't have a armada they didn't have it no but has it's, it ever had a good year it's getting not really not compared let's go to cleveland and talk to chris chris what can i do for you
3: hi hi there hey uh jerry
5: one how are you doing hey Did, um I'm just curious because everybody I talk to about uh, electric cars, no one's aware about how large these batteries are in these cars. That they're like 1,200 pounds and the size of a full-size bed in the Tesla. And my question is: Is there anything to worry about to be protected from emissions from, from these batteries that you're sitting on top
4: of?
2: You know, in the in the early days of Tesla. They didn't have the foresight to put a skid plate under the car, mm. and there were some fires. Uh, in fact, fire fire departments had to put out memos and things on here's what you do if, if you if you run into a Tesla with a fire under it. But believe it or not, and this is a true story. Uh, Tesla turned to Toyota and said, "Hey, you know what do we do here?" And they said, simply. Uh, put a skid plate down there, so if you know if you hit a pothole and the bottom of the car scrapes, it doesn't cause a spark and catch those batteries on fire.
5: Well, I'm more, I'm more concerned about long term driving. You're sitting on top of this battery, and and the future lawyers out there saying, "Hey, let's bring class action lawsuits for everybody that's got cancer." Now,
2: you know, I haven't heard anything like that, Chris. It's a good question. And believe me when I tell you, we have a lot to learn about these electric cars uh, that we don't have the answers to today. You know, uh, everybody talks about how electric cars are are so much better for the environment. But somewhere down the road, there's going to be a bunch of dead batteries that's got to be dealt with. And where are those going to go? And how are we, you know, how are we going to recycle those and and that sort of thing? So, right this minute, there's more questions than answers. I, I think electrics are going to be uh, a good part of the automotive future, but I think it's like cell phones. When cell phones first came out, they were heavy and they didn't last very long, and they were expensive. And I think that'll change over time. But there's a lot of good electric choices out there already. Yet. Electrics only comprise 2% of total sales of cars in 2020. we got a long way to go. Hopefully, we'll get the answers along the way. I appreciate the call.
1: Hard top or rag top? Let CarPro USA help you decide. Call now at 1-800-926-7777.
2: we got a Cheryl in the Alamo city. Cheryl, welcome. How can I help you?
5: Hey, good afternoon. Hope you all are well. Thank you. You too. Um, I, re- I retired a year ago and just turned 67 and I'm working on filling my lifelong dream of pulling a travel trailer or seeing this great country. Yeah. Um, my current vehicle is a 2016 enclave, which is trail uh, has a trailer package for 4,500 pounds. The trailers I've been looking at are smaller ones. Average weight is around 3,000 dry weight. Right. And I'm, my concern is um, wondering whether or not it would be a wise idea to upgrade my vehicle to a higher towing weight. I've read that a rule of thumb is 75% of your trailer weight versus your vehicle weight. Um, I just wanted to get your
2: thoughts. I think it's probably a good idea, you know, even with a with a dry weight like you described to to move up to something that's got a little more capacity. I'd want something that was rear wheel drive or all wheel drive as well. Okay. Um, okay. And, and I've been there's, some, there's some kind of looking at Go ahead. Go ahead. There's some good ones out there. I mean, the new Ford Explorer is rated at 6,000 pounds, and it's rear-wheel drive, and it drives like a dream. It's got good towing capacity. What I don't want you to do is to shorten the life of your Enclave, and you can do that really easily uh, because over, you know, you're just pulling too much weight there, in my opinion, because sometimes these trailer weights vary, and then you get more stuff in there than you think you were going to, et cetera, et cetera. The answer to your question is yeah, I would look at others. Um, I don't think you need to go as big as a Chevy Tahoe or anything along those lines, but uh, Dodge Durango, Jeep Grand Cherokee, Ford Explorer. All three of those are very, very good tow vehicles. Cheryl, I appreciate the call. We've got to run. We're out of time.
1: So you want a third row seat, but you have six kids? Let CarPro USA help you at 1 800 926 7777.
0: Hey, it's Mark Goodman here.
1: And I'm Alan Light. And on this live episode of Sound Up, we discuss whether AI should be used to create and perform music. Plus, we've got news on the Jane's Addiction reunion. Ticketmaster gets hacked. The Black Keys adjusting their tour. And comments and conversations with you. It's Sound Up with Mark Goodman and Alan Light, the only music podcast that matters. Your source for everything happening in the world of music. Get it on Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.